Commitment is Sacrifice by Pastor Dan Gaiman. We arrive into this world safely by the mercy and grace of our sovereign God. Life cannot begin without his divine will permitting it, for he alone determines who shall be conceived and when. After conception, then, the new child must survive any addictions the mother may have or other complications that arise. The newly conceived child has to survive lethal birth control pills that the mother may have used, or even the abortion clinic, in order to safely arrive from the mother's womb into this world. If by God's sovereign grace a child is born healthy into an intact family, indeed, that child is blessed. In today's culture of chaos, if the new child is so fortunate to be reared by Christian parents who provide love, structure, and discipline, praise the Almighty God. Further, if that child is so fortunate to receive a Christian education outside the current culture of mental, social, moral, sexual, and racial disorientation and distortion in the public school system, how can we fail to humbly and thankfully praise Jesus Christ? That child is one among a thousand others who are not so fortunate. Adam and Eve's descendants are made in the image and after the likeness of God. Adam's sin marred and disoriented that image. When we are born again by the quickening of the Holy Spirit and made a new creation in Jesus Christ, our image in the likeness of God is restored in the process of gradual regeneration. We enter this world between the infinite world of uncreated God and the finite reality of earthly living. In between these, we have our being, in the interplay between the infinite and the finite. In the finite world, we have tragedy, a condition of existence that arises because of our fall into sin. Evil is something altogether different than tragedy. Tragedy is a prerequisite for existence. Tragedy is the reality of a fallen world. We find tragedy in nature, floods, famine, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, volcanoes, fire, hail, and other disasters cannot be attributed to evil. Tragedy, a precondition for life in a fallen world, results in our dying from terrible diseases, car and plane crashes, etc. These are not evil, but tragedies which are bound to our human existence. Evil is different. Tragedy is bound to human existence, but evil is born out of moral depravity, arrogance, resentment, and voluntary moral reprobation. Evil is motivated by conscious intent, willful and purposeful. Humans have a choice in whether or not to be evil. People can swim in their pride, arrogance, and wickedness on a certain pathway to destruction, especially since technology provides such ease of access. Exercising moral virtues and godly character is also a choice, and without these, our use of technology will become so destructive that it will destroy us. Unless we manage our moral consciousness and responsibly choose good, transparency, honesty, and other Christian values, we will destroy ourselves. All of us have infinite choices in life, 
if we cling to the truth that we are made in the image and after the likeness of God and listen to the quickening of the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus Christ will save us as new creatures in Christ. This is the marvelous avenue through which you can face tragedy, subdue malevolent thinking, and reach your fullest human potential as the sons and daughters of Christ our King. Consider how important it is for you to be committed to achieving the goal of a life that counts for good. Life is an adventure, a journey. While many things in life are a mystery, we do have the ability to exercise a certain amount of conscious control over most aspects of our life. We dream dreams and have impulses. But what is the origin of our impulses? Our intuition about someone seems to come unbidden. But what is its source? What is the source of your interests? What is it that compels you? What happens when you are trying to focus on something and find your mind running in another direction? Where do passion and drive come from? How do we account for someone who has driven toward a goal with an inner passion that seems to be self-generating? Often, this is attributed to a divine calling. From where did Abraham derive the commitment and drive to leave his father's household, his own kindred, and go into a land that he had never seen? Abraham had a call upon his life. Who or what inspired him? A man that is driven to build a family or establish a church to the glory of God must have an enduring passion for it. That drive comes from a divine call. From 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 and 29, declares, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. The call to build a family and rear children, or to establish a church, to do something significant for the glory of God, is a divine calling, one you are powerless to resist. Something within you compels you toward a particular goal. This call is from Almighty God. Abraham left the comforts of his childhood home and willingly gave up his kindred because he was compelled to go into a strange land that he should afterward receive for an inheritance. Gideon, a poor man from the tribe of Manasseh and the least in his father's house, received the call from God to save Israelites from the Midianites. And so it is throughout history. The calling is the act of a sovereign God in grace whereby certain elect persons are chosen for distinctive service. God charges every man to build a biblically defined family. God ordained a select number of men to have a passion to establish a church. Both the family and the church require commitment with sacrifice, vision, zeal, and perseverance to accomplish the great work. If you are trying to do both, your shoulders may sag under the heavy weight, but ask God for his special grace and aid. 
He will help you bear the burden of such a heavy load. If the divine call beckons you, by all means, heed the call. If you deny this call, everything in your life will turn south. Worst of all is that you will know it is your fault. You squandered what you could have had. Building a family, establishing a church. These are all daunting tasks for many men. They are new territory, a new frontier. Finding a godly helpmeet, marrying and multiplying children are God's call to dominion for every man. So, young men, prepare yourselves. Then take that leap of faith with prayer and discernment. Then consider other calls God might be placing on your life. To establish a church. To help in a church. To teach and publish the gospel message in a chaotic culture that desperately needs the word of God proclaimed. These require commitment, sacrifice, and perseverance. This may be old hat for some, but for you, it may seem daunting. Ask the Holy Spirit to prepare and guide you in every endeavor you undertake. We always need the Holy Spirit to be our guide. Choose to walk by faith and not by sight. This new frontier might even be in the middle of your enemies. Abraham and Sarah made their way amid the Canaanite tribes. The frontier never truly disappears because something old is still new for somebody. A hundred years ago, the geographical and psychological frontier was the same thing. Now, while the geographical frontier has largely disappeared, the psychological frontier may still lie before you. Go to that new frontier. You must press on. You really should never plateau in life. If there is no new frontier, no purpose, no goal toward which you strive, you are left without purpose. Keep pressing on to the next frontier. Sometimes having less is better because if you have too much, you are already fulfilled and you lose your sense of purpose. For example, poverty can become so severe that it is counterproductive. Starting with little leaves you greater possibilities, always moving from the present to a better future. When you work for a better future, it generates a positive mental state. Meaning and purpose come from structure, a goal, an objective that is good enough to endure what is required to get there. Life is filled with uncertainty and suffering. What then can make your life worthwhile, worth bearing up under the load that is on your shoulders? What prize do you seek? Philippians chapter 3 verses 13 through 14 reads, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You are never where you could be, and this is always where you should be moving. Only God knows what you could accomplish if you sacrificed enough to keep rising. Abraham was constantly making sacrifices. In fact, sacrifice played a major role in maintaining Abraham's covenant with God. Abraham's willingness to sacrifice was a demonstration of his commitment to God and the covenant Jehovah had made with Abraham. Commitment and sacrifice are nearly the same thing. 
These concepts are embedded in the biblical account of Abraham's life. They also bore fruit in the lives of Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Rebekah, and the major players whose lives are woven in the Bible story. Hebrews 11 is a record of the heroic suffering and sacrifice endured by many of our early Christians. Hebrews 11 verse 35 tells us that these Christians sacrificed and suffered pain, that they might obtain a better resurrection. It's awe-inspiring when you realize that with each sacrifice you make, you reach a better place. Ponder the words in the hymn, I'm pressing on the upward way. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on Canaan's table land. A higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. The call our holy God places upon your life may require a mountain of sacrifice. You may have to give up that which is most dear to you. But ask yourself this question. Where do I want to go in life? And what am I willing to sacrifice to get there? In Abraham's case, he sacrificed much, including significant and dear possessions. Abraham had to give up his childhood home, his father's kindred, and most of his family. He had to sacrifice Lot, his nephew, fellow believer, and possible heir. Abraham had to sacrifice his own plans about the future of Ishmael and his dearest son Isaac, the child of promise and heir to the Abrahamic covenant. Genesis 22 verse 2 records God's command to Abraham. Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. That sacrifice would have been costly indeed. What is preventing you from the next step up? How can you be in the perfect will of God and not be doing what that still, inner voice is calling you to do? Is your unwillingness to sacrifice what is standing in your way? What is blocking your path? Whatever it is, it is probably the worst of what is wrong with you. Could it be selfishness, pride, lust, greed, or even something else like fear or faithlessness? Whatever you need to do to be in the perfect will of God is what you must do. You must be willing to make the necessary sacrifice. If you are unwilling to do so, then you are struck where God does not will for you to be. Raising a family and growing a church requires commitment and tremendous sacrifice. Neither is possible without commitment, and commitment is not possible without sacrifice. Let me say it again. Commitment and sacrifice are the same thing. There are many sacrifices that must be made if we are to keep our commitment with God. Who reminded us in Philippians 2 verse 12 that we must work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Building a godly family and helping to grow the church of the living God surely are among the highest priorities of any Christian's life. Your legacy in this life and world 
will be measured largely by the family you leave behind, the church in which you worked, and the people whose lives were bettered by knowing you. Consider making this a priority, and then think how you can contribute to such a noble goal. Ask for God's help, and he will surely give it.